Before we begin, I want to thank the sponsor of Oil & Gas Upstream, Oliva Gibbs. Oliva Gibbs provides clear legal solutions to complex oil, gas, and mineral law issues nationwide. We believe that when we focus on serving people, good things happen in the lives of our clients and employees. We just happen to be a law firm. Learn more at oglawyers.com. Oil and gas production is the union of natural systems with advanced science and complex engineering. Smart people across the globe create this remarkable place we call Upstream, and each day brings a new challenge. This is the Oil and Gas Upstream podcast, where we look at how these systems come together and learn from the people who make it happen. Welcome to Oil & Gas Upstream. I'm Elena Milkett, your host. Some of you know me as the former director for Oil & Gas Upstream Research at the U.S. Department of Energy. I retired from the DOE, founded a small consultancy, and became a podcast host. And now I'd like to introduce today's guest, Duncan Richards, from the sales director for Garmin Guardian. Duncan is a computer scientist by training. And he spent most of his career in corporate IT with IBM and Oracle, helping enterprises deliver change and value. He joined Vesper Marine in 2018, which is now part of Garmin Guardian. So thanks again, Duncan. Thanks for joining us here. So, so Duncan, tell us a little bit about um, a little bit more about yourself, if you'd like, and certainly tell us about uh, uh, Garmin Guardian. Well, it's great to be here. I appreciate the chance to talk with you. Uh, probably. The only thing I'd add about me is I'm a father of three fabulous daughters, um, which drives a lot of the things I, I do and the decisions I make these days. Um, Garmin Guardian is new to the Garmin family, and but it's a fantastic piece of technology developed in New Zealand, originally by Vespa Marine. And our goal is literally to save life in the marine environment. Oh man, that we definitely need that, right? There's a lot of risk in life, and certainly that too. And I guess that's where some of your your fatherly um, uh, uh, goals and um, heart come from. Um, that you um, are a, fa- a family man, and and that's wonderful. And and of course, we need energy for our family. So you're certainly contributing to that that part of the arena. But tell us, tell us exactly how does this fit into oil, uh, oil and gas, especially, but um, uh, upstream because we're an upstream show. Well, it's really simple. We want to keep the product in the pipeline, right? So as we um, society grows and, and we drive quite high energy needs, that results in us moving energy producing products uh, around the country, um, like oil and gas. Oil and gas. So if you, you know. You take the rich black stuff from the Gulf, it's got to get places. And we move it around in pipes. And unfortunately, um, pipes and vessels don't have a great record of being in the same place at the same time. So the goal of our solution is to make sure that every pipeline that transits a waterway in the US, and in fact anywhere in the world, is safe from being having an incident, nice term, for a collision with a vessel and a pipeline which results in the things that should stay in the pipe not being in the pipe. Yeah, so, okay, so the uh, the contribution is to make sure that the oil and gas products and probably other products as well um, stay in the pipeline 
and um, pipelines have to travel in water uh, at times. And so um, the issue is, is you can't see pipelines if you're um, floating over them, if you will. And so being able to um, not mess them up <laughs> and disturb the, the product, as you say, keep it, keep it in. First, before we get too far, you have to tell us about your accent. It's such a lovely accent, and I didn't acknowledge that in the beginning. Tell us, where are you from? Ah, well, I'm definitely not from America, although I, I did live in America for two years in Colorado, which is a fantastic place, or a small plug for Colorado, amazing. Uh, I'm a New Zealander, so I live quite a far, far away in the bottom of the Southern Ocean. Um, we're pretty close. New Zealand. You said that yeah. so quickly. New Zealander. Okay. And it's close to Australia, which most Americans will have heard of. So um, just look to the bottom right of Australia and you'll see New Zealand. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Excellent. And do we have a lot of oil and gas production in New Zealand? Uh, we have a little bit of um, gas production. Um, but we also, of course, have oil, which we import and move in pipelines. There you go. There you go. Okay. All right. So, so tell us how did, um, so I'm not, I guess I'm not aware of Garmin in the oil and gas sector. I mean, it's probably closer to midstream than we are, than we are in upstream, but, but still, um, I don't know it's that that's a common name in midstream either. So how did, how did that happen? Uh, no, Garmin wouldn't be. And so Garmin acquired a New Zealand company, Vespa Marine, that had two divisions. There you and go. one division um, has a product that is the world's leading combined AIS and VHF radio. And that sits very, very strongly in Garmin's portfolio of um, light marine craft. So there are lots and lots of Garmin products and um, a lot of the boaties out there will have Garmin on their boat um, and a good few people will be wearing it on their watch or have watches. So that's very much aligned to the Garmin that everybody knows. Um, right, right. This technology sits in Garmin Guardian using very much the same technology to do a slightly different job. Uh, instead of um, helping people talk to each other on boats, we make sure that assets get to communicate with boats in a way that the boats know that they are there, can visualize them, and the end result, don't hit the pipeline, keep the product in the pipeline. So so the pipelines actually communicate with the boats. They send out a signal or something, or is it more sophisticated, like when your refrigerator tells you you need more milk or something? It's actually, it's more like, we look at the refrigerator and know that we need to get more milk. So we um, do a lot of virtual technology. So everything that we do uh, isn't actually visible to the human eye. So we geofence the pipelines and use the geofence and the vessel's behavior to create a safety design that allows us to interact with the vessel if it's doing something risky. So as an example, if a super tanker crosses the geofence slowing down and is about to anchor near a pipeline or worse on a pipeline, 
Before it does that, we send a message to the vessel's navigation system, pops up on the screen, uh, alerting the captain that this would be a very, very bad place to drop anchor. And there's a good analogy in America to the safety system the government runs on your cell phone. That extremely annoyingly loud beep um, and message you get is kind of what we do to the ship's captain when the vessel is exhibiting risky behavior. Yeah, yeah. So are you saying geofence? What are you saying, geo? The geofence, yes. Uh, so fancy technical word for we build an electronic boundary that we know but nobody can see. So, oh, so you are saying fence? Yes, absolutely. Ah, okay, okay, geofence. Oh, okay, so great. I, it works a little bit in the same way as your home security camera. Whilst your camera does it visually and looks out your door at your front yard, mm. think of us as putting a geofence, which is a set of lines around your property boundary. And if somebody crosses that line, we would trigger the camera to start recording, possibly um, say an audio message to them. Um, but yes, think of it as a boundary that somebody crosses and then that generates right. Uh, right. activity. Right. So we do have... Um I don't know what that's called. It's like an electronic dog fence, and it's an electronic signal that the dog gets used to not crossing or whatever and gets a signal back, you know, not to go beyond this boundary. So it's something like that. Oh, that's Almost very exactly. sophisticated. Yeah. Almost exactly the same as that. So it's like a net. It's like an electronic net, if you will, because it could come from yes. any direction, right? Absolutely. Around the a pipeline asset or other assets, not just pipelines or anything yeah. that you could put a fence around or they'd be yeah. hidden from view like in the ocean? Absolutely. So if you think um, the rigs, they're pretty visible, but um, pipelines don't all go in straight lines. Right. Um, they have trunks and other things. So we can geofence any shape of asset to protect it. Yeah, yeah. So, so what are some of the um, some of the challenges um, that you know we face? I mean, is there a, is there a depth limitation? Is there a distance limitation? What? How does this um, come into being? And who calls you? And how does that get going? So the technology is based on the AIS safety system that all vessels use, which is again based on VHF technology. So, it's a radio signal. So we have all of the advantages and disadvantages of a radio signal. Um, the key thing for, for pipelines is once you get to 200 meters, nobody's going to drop an anchor on you because their anchor chains aren't long enough. So we really focus on areas where the continental shelf or the river beds are 200 meters or less in depth. Because after that, um, you're not going to dredge, trawl, or drop an anchor at that depth. Um, now, AIS, regulated safety system, but some vessel captains, for various reasons, occasionally turn it off. It's a bit like your kids get in the car and turn off the ABS braking for a bit of a session. Oh, Don't my. Your children do that. Um, and... And we can't see them if they do that. So we can't right. see the risky behavior they're doing. So in situations like that, we um, pair our technology with other technology 
typically it'll be radar so that we can track the vessel no matter what it does and then it's like we've got two tracks that are exactly the same apart from the little bit where they turn their AIS off and we go well mm, yes but it's definitely you yeah, yeah. And so we can track them when they're being, you know, a little bit naughty. And it, it, to be fair, it's it's often fishermen who don't want their friends to know where they are. <laughs> they don't know what their friends. They don't want their friends to know, or others yeah. perhaps. Yeah, they don't yeah. want them to know where their favourite fishing spot is. And of course, that's yeah. um, that we just have to hope that's not anywhere near a pipeline. Right, right. So, so um, how long has this been around? And what are some success stories or? You know, scary stories, perhaps. Oh well, so uh, the Maybe technology. Not scary stories. <laughs> there are well, unfortunately, wherever product gets out of a pipeline, all the stories are scary. Yeah, that's um, true. That's true. So the technology, our system, we first deployed in uh, 2014, and our first customer is New York Power Authority. They have four dielectric power cables across. Long Island Sound. That's just fence. Dielectric is just fancy for filled with oil as the cooling mechanism. Um, in the first 10 years of operation of those cables, they got hit twice, which results in, unfortunately, oil in the water, um, which yeah. nobody's very happy about. Right. So they are the inaugural customer for us. And in the nearly 10 years since they deployed our system, they haven't had an incident. So it's a, a bad news story followed by a good news story. Right. A solution, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in the Great Lakes, threats of Mackinac in 2018, there was another impact that resulted in exactly the same thing, oil leaking out into the Great Lakes, which again made everybody very unhappy. Um, so... In both those cases, assets with um, oil in them, and in the case of the Great Lakes, we have Enbridge, who has a rather um, important, and some would say politically interesting, um, pipeline going across the Great Lakes. They are a very, very strong user of our solution because it's very, very important that product stays in the pipes and does not go into the Great Lakes. Right, um, yeah. So any water, it's not just the, the deepest ocean, but any well, no, large bodies can, of water, which the Great Lakes are. You think of the Great Lakes, but also you think in um, the continental US, there's lots of river crossings with pipelines. So you, so you think of upstream, middle and upstream, lots and lots of pipelines cross rivers. So we protect pipelines that cross the Mississippi, for instance. So there's a large number of places where you, you don't instantly think, but there are vessels with anchors that could quite easily impact a pipeline. And you, again, you don't you don't want you know the middle of the Mississippi to have products pouring out of a pipeline. Right, right. So we must have lots of arteries of product moving. Um, are you are you all over the world? Uh, I mean, we ship a lot of oil, and there's a lot of tankers and a lot of anchors. I guess is a way to yep, absolutely. Um, global economy expands, including particularly international trade, which means more vessels, bigger vessels, 
bigger vessels mean very big anchors. So unfortunately we can't protect our assets now by burying them a little bit below the surface. Um, the anchors go meters into the seabed for those vessels, so that's unfortunate. So yes, it's a global problem. We have sites all over the world. Um, customers, I think, in every continent bar one. Um, and like, as I said, our goal is, is to keep everything safe. That's the people, the marine life, the ecosystems. And the best way to do that is we keep the product in the pipeline. Right, right. And so um, is this like, how, how does a person gauge with it? Is it um, like a service or does everybody own their own or how does that work? Yeah, each asset owner um, subscribes to a service, um, an annual service where we provide the protection for their particular asset that they're worried about. Um, so our customers are the owners of the assets. So in your case, the oil companies or the, or the distribution companies. And they acquire an annual service from us. We deploy our solution and that protects their asset. So it's so you're floating along and then you say, oh, this might be where we might want to stop and drop anchor. and But then you're too close to an asset or a pipeline or something. And then this awful signal comes. And do people respect the signal? Do I mean, I know on my phone we, we tend to turn those alarms off and or at least, you know, rush to get them off without even really looking at them sometimes. But well, you'll be surprised. Um, but we're not as nice as the government. Um, <laughs> so we block your screen until oh. you acknowledge <laughs> the message. Um, now, so we are, we are a little annoying to get your attention, but the, we do that deliberately so that you can't miss the message. And also, in, in some geographies, people need more training than others, so we spam them a bit till they learn that um, they should behave. You're so nice yeah. the way you're saying this. <laughs> you torture them until they stop, until they listen yes. to you. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and I can tell you that in some geographies that takes a month and some it takes three months, but they eventually <gasps> learn to, that they get sick and tired of what we're doing, mm -hmm. which is actually perfect because what they do is they anchor 500 meters to port and they're totally happy and everybody's happy because they're no longer near the pipeline. No um, longer, yeah. The key thing with our technology though, I should should say is that we are a risk mitigator. We, uh, we spam them, yeah. but they don't have to listen to us, right? They can still go and do what they want to do. Now that's not great for them because the way the technology works, uh, we have a record of where the vessel was and the conversation, them being told not to anchor on the pipeline. And so if it um, gets to the worst possible place and ends in an incident and ends in court, then lawyers like us a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah, you got all the evidence. We warned them, we warned them, but they wouldn't listen. And then they messed up. Oh, yep. Yeah. Does, this, does it happen a lot? Do we have a lot of incidents with... Um, Pipelines and, I mean, uh, We don't have a lot, but um, 
So the most common assets hit in the water aren't pipelines, they're cables. Telco cables get hit oh. way more often. But the, the big advantage for um, the oil and gas industry in that they don't get hit as often, the disadvantage is, wow, it's a big thing if it does happen. Right. It does, so it does, it's, yes. It's a difficult, difficult thing to rectify. So we started in oil and gas. Actually, oil and gas was where we started because that's the most significant problem. And if you think about loss of life and trying to save lives, oil and gas is the most dangerous place. Um, it's a dangerous environment for starters, for the workers. Um, we don't want super tankers colliding with um, rigs. But similarly, oil and gas likely to be a fire. Um, numerous incidents result in physical casualties through the fire. And of course, the ecological system is not great um, after that. So you know, that's the most significant benefit as in uh, pipeline protection. Yeah, yeah. So, so... Um you know, how does how does someone get going? Do they just call you on the phone and say we have assets we want to protect, or we had some near misses, or you know, I'm not sure how that conversation goes. That's yeah, that's exactly how it goes, right? Oh, okay. So, um, they people find out about us through word of mouth. With word of mouth, we're quite small. Um, they, I'd say it's fifty fifty. They have a friend. Like, you know, another company, another oil company would say, hey, did you know you could blah, blah, blah? And it's not it's not the first topic of conversation for oil execs, I can assure you. But every now and then, for some reason, it'll pop up and somebody will say, oh, yeah, no, we do this. We're never turning it off. Um, and that starts the conversation. Uh, we go to industry conferences to help promote the idea. But it's a very much a parallel technology. So if you're an oil and gas person for your whole life, you're actually mostly about the surface, the surface on land or the surface under the sea. And the marine bit in between is more of a problem than it is key to your industry. <laughs> right. Right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, so much easier when I'm all that water. <laughs> yeah. And so it's not it's not a common thing. So it's a lot of education on, on our behalf to try and help people understand that we can help them. Um, but it's, it's kind of, I, I call it the three stages, right? Stage one, you can't do that, right? It's like, nah, that just doesn't sound like you could do that. If you could do that, I'd have that. <laughs> um, so that's kind of the first like conversation. The second one is, well, I haven't been, there's never, I've never had an incident. I've, I've been in oil for 50 years. This has never happened to me. Yeah, it's yeah. like I call it the, the ostrich response. It's like, no, it <laughs> never happened. It's not going to happen to me. I'm fine. Carry on. And the third group who are like, hold on a second. Did you just say you are going to reduce the risk of somebody hitting my pipeline by more than 80%? Yes, that's what I just said. And then they say, they ask that again. Because like, right, okay, so... Have you got any examples? You've got any customers? And then I can reel off my customers and they go, okay, when you 
and then they go away and come back with a whole bunch of questions and once they get to that point it's just a question of time before they have our system and what their processes are but once the penny drops so to speak they realize that we don't cost very much in comparison to things going wrong and they they are all in for want of a better term yeah yeah so it's almost like insurance except you don't have the accident first you prevent Correct. So yeah. that's a kind of uh, risk mitigation, yeah. So, so um, you and I met at the um, Offshore Technology Conference 2023, mm-hmm. and um, I thought it was interesting, uh, and it would be a value to have you come and be a guest on our podcast because we're all part of the value chain. It's you know from one end to the other, from exploration production all the way to the gas station. And so um, if there was a pipeline incident, um, people would look to the oil company, even if the oil company wasn't, if it wasn't their pipeline, right? If it was actually a midstream company or something like that. And so having everyone be aware that there are lots of things that can be done to uh, mitigate risk, and this is one of them um, with respect to pipelines was, was the reason why I wanted, uh, wanted you to come on the show. So I appreciate you coming. We're almost out of time. Is there, um, are there other things you want to share? I mean, we have a little bit of time for you to share if you would like to. Oh, Elena, it's been great to chat. And, you know, our goal and what we do is to support the infrastructure and make sure that we get safe operation of the assets. And I have a lot of customers who, you know, are in sensitive areas with their equipment and they try really, really hard. And so, you know, they they are very supportive of our technology and, and what we do. But the message I would say to everybody, um, layered defense. I talk about layered defense. Layered are, defense. Layered I have to defense. <laughs> translate the New Zealand. <laughs> layered like, defense. Lots of layers. Do yeah, everything yeah. you can, right? So we're one thing, right? And so add us to what you've currently got. Just keep doing everything we can to ensure that we've got good, safe, effective operation of the assets and you know, as a plug for what Guardian does, we're high tech, low cost, and we don't have people in our process. So we don't make mistakes. Which, you know. You have no really people important. in your properties? You're saying. In our process. In your so process, no people. It's fully automated. We take the mistake makers, that's us, out of the process to ensure that. The risk mitigation is at absolute maximum. Oh, my gosh. I didn't think about that. Humans. There's no humans to make human error. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's great. That's great. Well, Duncan, it's been so wonderful thanking, uh, having you on the show. Thank you so much for being on the show with us today. It's an absolute pleasure, and, and thank you very much for the opportunity to talk. Oh, thank you. Duncan Richards, Sales Director for Garmin Guardian. Thanks again, Duncan, for being with us. And thank everybody for joining us uh, on today. Please give us a review and tell us what you like and what you'd like to hear more about on future podcasts. This is Elena Melkert, your host for Oil & Gas Upstream. More next time. <laughs>
Join us again next week on the Oil & Gas Upstream Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.